0: Broadcasting from occupied territories, War the Flea Media, it's the Reality Dysfunction Podcast, a space where a diverse group of brown folk from across the nation explore the political experiences and social future of our Chicano Latino community. Control the narrative. Resist the dysfunction.
1: Buenos dias. Les habla Alicia Pérez. I'm with Mexicanos. Uh, 2070, I'd like to welcome you to our December uh, webinar. And we're here with a distinguished uh, panel of journalists and activists. You know, uh, the mass media is very important. It's vital to a democracy. And we need to know as a community the Latinos, uh, what is going on. And a lot of times uh, the best uh, source, resource for that is our own people. We have a lot of um, uh, very good and uh, investigative reporters and distinguished journalists. So we're here today uh, to talk to them y este para platicar a ver su, uh, their perspective on things. And uh, I'd like to uh, now turn it over uh, to Elena Herrada from Detroit and we have people from all over the country so and out of the country also. So please uh, let us know where you're from when you introduce yourself. Gracias.
2: Okay, thank you. I'm going to um, start with uh, Maria Martin.
3: Thank you, and I just want to say it's a super gran placer estar aquí con todos ustedes, just a uh, I was just reading people's bios and just really, really impressed by all the work that you've all done for our comunidad. My name is uh, Maria Martin and um, I am a public radio journalist. I've been a public radio journalist for at least four decades. Um, I started off at the first Latino owned and operated public radio station. uh, That was KBBF in Santa Rosa, California in 1975 and um so then from from there it's uh, worked at many stations many projects national public radio i began the um uh, program that became npr's latino usa and is now latino usa uh, uh, owned and operated by the futuro group in in New York. It's been on the air for almost 30 years now. About 15 years ago, I came uh, to Central America to work on an independent project because I thought that people needed to understand the reality of Central America and Central Americans and why there were so many Central Americans in in the United States. And so I... um, I came here to produce a project called Después de las Guerras, Central America After the Wars. You can hear it at www.afterthewars.org. And um, and then since then, I've stayed. I, um, for many years, wasn't able to get public radio or even sometimes even Latino USA interested in the stories from from, uh, from Central America. So I began to train journalists to do other things and uh, so I've trained probably really thousands of journalists in Guatemala, in Nicaragua, in Bolivia, in other places and um, and then six years ago when um, President Trump was elected, I knew that migration would be a big theme and I thought that I needed to return to my work as a journalist and uh, um, so I did and I report for NPR. And um, so, and I have a book about my work in Latin America called Crossing Borders, Building Bridges, a journalist's heart in Latin America. And my uh, my uh, publisher, Dr. Josie Mendez-Negrete would uh, of uh, Conocimientos Press in San Antonio would kill me if I didn't plug the book here. So, uh, that's that's who I am. And as I said, it's it's a, uh, an honor to be here with with all of you. Thank you.
2: Uh, well, It's an amazing introduction. Um, our um, other guest is Dr. Jose Flores from Grand Rapids,
4: Michigan. Uh, welcome. And thank you very much for inviting me to be part of this media forum. Uh, I'm very honored to be part of the group and uh, very impressed by uh, certainly all of my colleagues who are, who are joined here in the Zoom conference. Um, I'm an, I'm a retired educator, both a teacher and a central office administrator for the Grand Rapids Public Schools. I currently serve in my second term on the School Board of Education, having been elected to this body to, uh, to continue to make an impact on education uh, for all children, but certainly through the lens of a a Chicano Hispanic uh, community activist that uh, believes in bilingual education and and, uh, uh, certainly a multicultural focus in providing curriculum that is appropriate to helping our children be successful in this society and in this country that we call home. Um, So I've been very active in in developing uh, uh, community community action agencies such as the Hispanic Center of Western Michigan, and then the Hispanic festival that uh, we celebrate here every every year uh, that encompasses all of the, the various groups of the Hispanic umbrella. Um, you know, we, we certainly interchange the, 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 the titles, if you will, of, of, um, of Hispanic, Indo-Hispano, Chicano, Latino, Latinx, or whatever we wanna call ourselves. Um, I, I really believe that as, an, as a media person and having been uh, a journalist since 1981, uh, in an actual uh, publication that I direct, the, the Community Voice La Voz, which is Michigan's largest bilingual free publication circulated in the major cities where there are high concentrations of Hispanic Americans. Um, that you know, as a media journalist, that, that I have uh, a responsibility to, to educate, to politicize, and to involve our community in the day-to-day activities that make our country a responsive country for all of our needs and all of our children's needs, and so that's kind of my my um, mantra. You know, I'm here to serve. I'm here with purpose, and uh, and hopefully, hopefully, I can contribute to um, to nuestro bienestar, right, to our well-being.
2: Thank you, and we have. Miguel Parrientos, who um, hails from Las Vegas, but is currently in
0: Guadalajara. Guadalajara, okay. (laughs) Just for a little while. we we got to go back to work work after this cold weather comes down. Pemiramente, muy buenos días. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's a great pleasure to to get together with Latinos, Chicanos, from different, different parts of the country and in Guatemala now. It's the involving a situation that we can see we see loopholes that we can maybe try to fill to advance our RASA to the to the next generation, and I admire the people who are on, on the forum here. It's all power here we have here. People are looking at today. My name is Miguel Barrientos. Uh, I was born in Brownsville, Texas. Uh, my father is from uh, Matamoros, from uh, Tamaulipas. We moved to California in 1964. I was still a little kid. And uh, my father had gone about with the uh, Cesar Chavez Union, the UFW, back in the late 60s, early 70s. And my life has been very much involved around that when I was growing up, around going to the meetings. In those days, our meetings were at houses or at the churches. And uh, it, it was great gatherings, and I would see how they would, would do things to advance our people. Because, you know, for those of you who know the history about Cesar Chavez, the early fights where we didn't have water or restrooms up there at the work, you know. eranos como animales. So that, that, that was part of a big change in those days. And it was the Chicano movement who made that happen in the fields uh, with Cesar Chavez and all the workers and everybody else. So that generated a spirit in me to continue the struggle. Uh, when I went into school, este, I saw some issues. It was different. Uh, they didn't really like us. Uh, uh, it, it was harder in that aspect uh, because we didn't have the Chicanos or somebody in the front I mean, opening more doors for us to, to, to move forward, until the UFW started grading getting some strength. There were Chicanos that were related to farm workers, were allowed to go to college with some grants and opportunities grew. And out of that, uh, we got doctors, lawyers, engineers, entrepreneurs. I mean una oportunidad buenísima in the '70s and 80's. In the '90s, we started slowing down Pareció, and in the 2000, there was a whole different ball game. The Chicano movement was kind of like put on hold. We decided to go into the immigration issue. Our brothers, the immigrant brothers, were going through a lot of issues that we didn't like, that we could go on there and take care of. And that's been a 20-year fight. But during the 20-year fight, if you look at the national Latino organizations, a lot of them have focused on, on immigration. And so we, went to, we took our agenda from the Chicago Empowerment to fight for immigration. And they brought in National Council. They brought our LULACs. They brought everybody in. And we put on hold our progress that we have doing very well in the '60s and '70s, which you got us in the doors in those days. So all of a sudden it stops. But ahora the millenniums are, are, are in place. A voter registration is, is doing uh, is growing. They got a lot of energy. These young kids are doing very well the uh, Familia Bota plan. The, the, the union organizers, I mean, these guys are fired up, and, and they're doing a lot of good things. Where I see the lack in the movement is that our media is lacking big time. We, we try to get Chicano media out there. We, we try to do it in a sense of speaking the, 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 the facts, speaking the truth. You insult somebody and you get hit. And you get hit financially, you hit somewhere or another, and they try to take you out. And they do take you out mm-hmm. to a certain point because you can't express yourself like you could because you're not able to maintain your goals financially for your family if you get hit on that area. So it, it's really hard for the Chicanos and the Chicano businesses. Uh, they're on a different trip, you know, which is okay to make a lot of money. I like that. It's good for them. But They're not contributing back to the, to the empowerment of, of a raza. They, 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 they don't do like we did in those days. I mean, those days, it was, it was different. I'm thinking this kind of forms that we're putting together can open up an opportunity, especially the name of Mexicanos 2070. I think this is the great foundation of something that's going to be happening With Chicanos that are not even born yet are going to see that's what happened. This is where we kicked off again, lo que paramos por, por 20, 30 years. It's time to re, uh, I think it's the, this kind of thing will reignite the movement. And I think we need to tell the young generation that they're not always right about the way they do things. There's a lot of division going around some of these groups because they're fighting for the same dollar. Y comienza a dividirse. And they do things without, without getting united to do it. And I think the Chicano movement was different. When Lulek threw a convention, I was in CLR, I was in US Spanish Chamber of Commerce, I was in USW, I was in a GI forum. I mean, we were there, everybody was there, checking hands, there a few Republicans. but We were all friends. Everybody was fighting La Causa. All of a sudden La Causa puts on, is on hold and I'm hoping this kind of forums will reignite the situation where we can bring in our younger brothers and sisters to really understand the importance of the unification behind the force that's being organized in the community. It's too much como, como tribus. You know, you got this, you got that. You got, and when they do events, and if you're some of a different philosophy, they don't even invite you It's crazy. These are moments that, moments that I never thought we would really go through because it's so much like, like Corti Gonzalez, Cessa Chavez, Antonia Pandoja, I mean, Reyes, Tejerina, these guys fought for all that not to happen. And it's happening with this generation. And I think this is what what I think we can help change. So, and I'm a radical, not radical, but I'm very activist in getting the Latinos from the community out into the front of the media to explain what they're doing and how we can work together. That's, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of that in 22, but that's what I I, I see. That's who I am. And it is an honor being here.
2: That was, that was a really excellent um, historic analysis of the movement too, that you gave. I really appreciate that. Um, and um, before we get into um, the issues and the questions, I just wanna say that um, the other day, uh, um, one of my own former uh, a colleague actually was in um, Chicano studies here in Detroit, told me that um, because I said, I need troops for helping out in the community, and seriously need troops for things like reopening the branch library, basic things. I'm not talking about um, building a bronze statue or a museum, reopening the branch library that's here in the barrio where people would have to go to apply for jobs and do those things. Then the person told me, the professor told me, you know, Elena, we're in a different time now and you can't make students do anything they don't want to do. And they're very busy. <laughs> so that was the answer that I got. So I really appreciate what you're saying. And hopefully we can also spark um, some imagination that goes beyond um, our our young people just going to work for the nonprofits and not wanting to do anything once they get off of work. So I really appreciate that. So um, from that point, is do we want to... Um, um, take some comments.
3: That's Maria. Um, I just had a question that came out of listening to to all of you, Elena and uh, Dr. Flores and Miguel. You know, I, I used to live in uh, Las Vegas a long time ago in in my late teens and early early twenties, and just to see the the you know what has happened in terms of Las Vegas and the Latino presence. So I've been. I won't say totally away from uh, from the U.S., but I have been based mostly in Central America for the last um, since I left Latino USA some 17 years ago. And so, uh, it's very exciting for me to hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And so, let me uh, pose a question to 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 all of you, um, because you're so plugged in, and 2020 was supposed to be you know, the year of racial reckoning, right? And so we heard a lot about uh, Black Lives Matter and, um, and uh, you know, the need for uh, for America to start looking at itself. And so I am wondering from each of your perspectives, where do you see Latinos fitting or in this conversation, you know, have our voices been heard, Do you think? I'll start with um, Dr. Dr. Flores.
4: You know, I, I um, I'm certainly impressed with what uh, Miguel Barientos uh, had to share about the history of Chicano involvement in and La Causa and and working with Cesar Chavez and, and uh, La Huelga and and all of the movements that that we participated in throughout those decades of activism, and just uh, reflecting on that. And one of the frustrations that I have had to deal with um, in, in, I guess, transferring uh, leadership in our community from that level of activism and that level of confrontation on issues that are important to our raza and la causa to allowing these, the younger generations to come forth and, and, uh, and make an impact. I've witnessed, and I think to my delight and to the delight of many of, of, our, of our, um, our people, that the young people have come forth in a, a more passive way, I think, have, have joined the chambers of commerce, have joined uh, corporate uh, entities, have become diversity um, uh, officers, have, have worked their way into these systems and are now because of I think our actions of opening the door and paving the way to uh, inclusion, now they are benefiting from that uh, activism that we uh, initiated during our generation. And and I see a great amount of growth in opportunity and I see the results of uh, even students that I've had that have earned their doctorates or that have gone into vocations and built their businesses I see the results and I'm really, I mean, hopeful and, and uh, optimistic that that kind of uh, involvement and progressive uh, action that they're taking is helping to build a better community. And we're benefiting from that now.
3: But I'm, I'm wondering if that kind of access by not the bulk of the Latino community, but a certain segment of the Latino community, right? If it has benefited everyone, if the Latino voices and the issues that are important to us in terms of, you know, greater access to education and health statistics and um, lack of discrimination and understanding of, of the migrant experience, has that translated to to a conversation in the mainstream media in the media that is not only the community media but that's 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 my question to to you beyond what what we have achieved and so many young people have achieved
4: you know i agree with you that that the media has to be made responsible to promoting the positives of our of our movement and our people the whole imagery that you see in our media today from from print media to electronic media, and and even those in social media. Um, I mean, there has been a transformation within those entities. And I think it's because of our activism. And I think it's because we have not stood still and allowed these stereotypes to predominate um, the media. But if you look at the number of of Hispanic Latinos that we now have in, in major mainstream media, that came about because of our activism. You know, we have to look at that and say, you know what, there's a milestone. We as a community have to recognize milestones. When we can turn on CNN or MSNBC or CBS or NBC or, or even Fox News and find Latinos integrated into those um, into those major media groups or into, um, into the New York Times or, or Chicago Tribune or, or LA Times, and now see and read and hear um, representations and, and um, journalistic um, uh, presentations about our people and they're positive, that makes a big difference. That's a huge difference. I think we still have an advocacy role as Hispanic media people, and especially if you have you know your radio uh, station, you have your, your grassroots uh, organizing and, and, um, and media um, outlets, that we still have a responsibility and we should not give up. And because we're we're chicano I think we're chicano till we die you know we, we we have to continue to advance equality issues as we see them and provide leadership whether we're known as leaders or not, but provide leadership in looking at into issues that affect us Black Lives matter you know hispanic lives matter a number of 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 of, 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 of groups that have advanced issues we still have cosecha uh locally um uh, pushing uh, issues for immigration and immigration reform. Those continue to be relevant issues for us to continue to advocate on. And I think that you know, we have a responsibility to do that, but to do it also in a responsible way. You know, um, I, I, we, have to, we have to stand up against violence. We have to stand up against stereotypical representations of us and ignorance or blatant racism, whether that comes from the president or the former president of the United States or, or any future politician that wants to single us out as not being American enough for them, um, we have a lot to do.
1: Okay.
4: I had a, a
1: comment, uh, Julio, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead, Elisa, go ahead. Yeah, uh, my comment uh, was that, I don't think we have uh, uh, advanced as much, progressed as much as we should have. Um, and just a, an exa- uh, example of, of mass media, we know that it's been very politicized. Uh, we know that last year, as Maria mentioned, was a time of, of, um, that we were going to uh, come to terms uh, with, with racism, and I think part of that has happened. Uh, let me just mention the commercials that are on uh, now. You see a Black person and a white person. I'm not seeing a whole lot of Mexicanos or people that look like me or, or uh, like Dr. Flores or like Miguel marrying uh, a black or marrying a uh, uh, white person is mostly black and whites. And where are we? We are ignored so much of the time. Uh, I think what you have with our people, you have two, two things. Uh, you have the assimilation You're right, doctor, that you have the assimilation, the coming into uh, an education, a good job, uh, moving up to the middle class, to the upper middle class, to the rich. We have that. And then we have the constant immigration of the people that come here because they want a better life. And, and a lot of times they suffer poverty, like, like I have, like maybe some of you have. They suffer a poverty. And in that strata, we know that there's not health care. We know that. Um, they do get their news from the radio because they don't, they're don't. they working so much of the time, they don't have time to, to sit down and watch television. So they get it through radio, they get it through newspaper. And um, I think we need a lot more work focused in, in that and appreciate how different uh, we are because a lot of us have, have been here since the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo and some of the people, they're still coming. So we have to uh, not forget Verdad, que que tenemos hermanos y hermanas uh, que todavía siguen en la pobreza y tenemos que que luchar uh, for their education and they're also enriching through education and through being in the United States for a while. Their kids will see that that assimilation and their grandkids, maybe they won't even speak Spanish, but I think there's an appreciation for the different stratas that, that we occupy. Yes
3: it it looks like um someone wrote that in the ch- in the chat somebody roberto vega uh vega perez wrote that homelessness is still one of the biggest issues uh in the latino community even even as as some of us you know get phd's and and and, and move forward and and uh you know I I wonder about say you know the, the voting patterns in in the last election, with you know a third of Latinos voting for uh, for President Trump, what that means for 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 the future of uh, this next election, right? And uh, I wonder if any of you have any any me, thoughts on that, yeah, Miguel. Uh,
5: let, let me uh, bring in a historical perspective that uh, Miguel uh, touched on. Um, you know, he talked about different movimientos, different uh, organizaciones, different times. Um, and um, I remember Cesar said, you know, we went out into the fields, into the streets with uh, with the uh, cry of uh, Viva La Causa. You know, Viva La Causa, and everybody rallied behind us, you know, and, 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 and you heard that all over the country, Viva La Causa, you know. And, and he says, but, but then a lot of people started their own councils. You know, there was a, the, 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 the LULAC thing, the GF forum thing, the Razonino thing, the other, other organizations, other movimientos. And, uh, and then to the point where they were fighting each other. Yeah. You know, they were fighting each other even for funding or for ideology or audiences, you know. So he says, Cesar said, do I think what we we to do is go back to the barrio and say there's only one causa <laughs> because <laughs> the causa has turned into many causes. Everybody just appropriate them. He said, we ought to go. We ought to go back and say my causa is tu causa, you know, and 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 make it make it a, a movement more um, organized and 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 unison so we can address. All the gamut of issues that that we face, you know, homelessness, you know, is, is a valid issue, just as valid as many many other issues, you know, the media representation, the the police brutality, you know, and and, and all of those issues. But so I think that historical perspective is important, and that leads to the question that Maria uh, brought up, you know, why are we dividing the political stu- uh, spectrum, you know, why is it that many Mexicanos uh, are voting for the, the Republicans, uh, and let alone for somebody like Trump. Uh, and the, the you know you see that in El Valle, who is predominantly you know Mexicano, who used to be predominantly Chicano, you know, <laughs> hardcore Chicano. And and the question that I've gotten so far is that it's a matter of personal interest because the Republicans, you know, they bring in jobs like the government you know jobs with uh, migra and border patrol and all that and yeah, as you come across the river you see nothing but rasa you know checking you out you know asking you for papers which is, i think is an insult you know
3: so um, they us
5: and and right and 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 the same with oil the oil the jobs the you know there's there's big paying jobs and a lot of rasa gravitates over there so it's at that point becomes a family or or a personal interest uh, and that's my, my take on on, on that, that discussion. Elena, you said something?
2: Yeah, Miguel has a comment.
0: I, I just wanted to add to what uh, what Julio mentions. Uh, you know, with that, uh, to causas mi causa, I think it's a great slogan, to be honest with you. I think that should be reignited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we bring that idea with to causas mi causa, understanding like there's the homeless issue, there's that education issue. There's a discrimination issue. Know, maybe because, of, you know, whatever, we have plenty of that we can go after. Uh, especially on our education system. Our education system needs a lot of help. Uh, in Las Vegas, we're number 48 in the nation. gives you an idea of what we're facing over here. But even though it's still getting better, better to causa me causa, you put them all together, but there's got to be a, a national agenda, a national leadership, where we can politicalize it to make sure that the White House can hear us. Because the people we have in the White House, for example, we're talking about immigration. You got a Cubano on the Democrat, uh, Menendez. You got a Cubana on the Republican side, which is al And they don't even talk to each other. And they're supposed to be handling this problem for us. And the ones that are suffering are the like Mexicanos. We leave it in the hands of other people that don't really care about what we're trying to do because our voices are not heard. And back to Maria's questions about, uh, is it our, our, our generation of kids right now? Are they really understand? Are they going to be part of this? Are they part of it? It's like, it's like a, 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 they got an eight to five job. We had a 24 seven. We worked on right. Sundays after church. Mm-hmm. Five o'clock hits, you can't reach me Familia Vota no more. Okay. You can't reach okay. Voto Latino. You can't mm-hmm. reach none of these people. All these billionaires have a whole different thing. They are eight to five salary people and no tienen la causa. And if we can generate la causa, uh, you know, to, to, to 2070, I think Cesar Chavez would support us from upstairs and, and he would bring something to. We need a magnet. We don't have that magnet. We had it in the, in the Chicano movement. Se hablaba corki, Se hablaba Cesar, estaba. Se hablaba, whatever, National Causa La Raza, which now has a new name. You know, they, they were there. In that time the farm workers were the workers was a big issue because we were building our population through immigration. The raza was coming over. But became a causa, and then we went after education, and we got Latinos into education. Now we got Latinos with PhDs, look at Dr. Flores. I mean, this is exciting what happened when we did in the Chicano movement to reignite it. Falta una salsa picante, and I think it's to causas mi causa is a beautiful concept, and we can just put it across, and remember in those days we didn't have internet, we didn't have, we had flyers, (laughs) and some Chicano newspapers were very effective in those days, Mm -hmm. and that was our communication. Now, with the internet, Zoom, we can have a meeting across the country without traveling and still get our points across. So I think we should take advantage of, and and one of the things, Maria, you mentioned, I think that the mainstream media totally discriminates against Chicanos and Latinos, mostly because they don't give us the airtime. We don't have a, a Latino on the front saying, "Hey, man, this is really what's going on in East L.A. It's going on in Chicago. It's going on over there in Miami." No, we don't have that. We have one guy. I forgot his name. He's a Puerto Rican on CNN. Un güero. Boom! They took him out, and he started doing good stuff. beating last. Right. So we don't have a voice in the media. And Univision right. and Telemundo have done más o menos, but they're isolated in a certain market, and they don't invite like the Chicanos. Really, it's all but basically their little deal. Better, it's better than nothing. But I think that's where we need to advance the Chicano media. Uh, or The Chicanos, they're looking at it to 2070. The foundation should be, how do we handle the media to attract our message to, to, to the other generations? And it's so easy nowadays this because of the the uh, technology available. So do we want to participate for the future to set up a, a new ground, not ruby, but a new ground foundation for the year 2070? I think we need to start with un concepto, you know, like we had you know, La like like Causa in those days. I mean, everywhere you go, we even have bugs like Causa. Everybody was, this is the, it was, it was it. And what was La Causa? Como Julio, it was education, it was farm workers, it was everything. I think that that's a great idea, Julio, and hopefully we can find a way how to put it together. There's a lot of young entrepreneurs who are doing media now. I mean, somebody has, uh, can, can lead something and little by little, I'm not going to say it's going to happen overnight, but I in two or three years, we have ourselves a Chicano network. You know, mm-hmm. if, we, if we start down. And once we get a network, you watch CNN put Chicanos on that seat. You watch mm-hmm. Fox stop, stop talking about Latinos that they, they do now. We can change it, but we got to get into the system so we can. Oigan. They're not We got to
3: be together. We got to be together. I mean, that's that why.
0: Causa.
3: Exactly. So that I agree with you that mi causa es tu causa is, is, is a wonderful lemma. Uh, one of our participants, Manuel Samaripa, says that Mexican descent folks in the U.S. are both the oldest and the newest group of immigrants. So, what Absolutely. a wonderful uh, I, I concept to start a conversation because this is this is what happens. I think when you're talking about the 30 percent and 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 the 70 percent of uh, of Latinos on on two sides that. One is certainly the religious, the abortion issue, but more than that, it's 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 an immigrant issue that that where they tend to, you know, divide and conquer. Yeah. And, and then there is our own tendency, right, to also um, not <laughs> kind of be solidario with, the, with, with one another. We really have to do a big, a big examination of that. Mm-hmm. And when, when we're talking about the media and uh, someone mentioned, yes, we see all of these faces, but, you know, I talked to, to my friends who work for the AP, who work for Axios, who work for for um nbc where they do have like a latino cosa right but they said you know it's so hard when we're trying to say this should also be on the business desk or this you know we should be be doing this so in terms of power real power you know in the mainstream media structure and and reaching that although we have you know, people in there now, very different from 1975 when I started, wow. that that is still a mountain to climb.
0: But we, we, but we have that technology to make it easier and possible nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: One, of, one of the things that uh, that I found interesting talking to a friend of mine from, uh, from uh, Houston, as, a, as an activist from Houston, Lupe Casares, he says, the best thing that happened to us was the, the, the internet, the social media, because we can do anything, anywhere, about anything to anybody. But, you know, we've seen the, the, the drawbacks of, of social media. I mean, it's, oh, it's, nice. it is extremely, um, you know, out of control, you know, and it's difficult to unravel or understand what, what the message is or what is it going to. And he says, well, that is each of us uh, responsibility. You know, we have to we have to, um, uh, try to understand what is propaganda, what is real, what's not real, and and but this is but social media is a true uh, democratization of communications. Uh, you know that it could I, be, it, it could be. I, I lean more towards uh, what Miguel says. You know, let's let's do a Chicano network. Or, or a communications network de la raza, you know, uh, because we're not talking about Chicanos being different, better wars than the rest of the demographic groups in our community, you know. But what we do need to understand, getting back to the historical perspective, is that thanks to the, the espíritu de batalla de los Chicanos, del movimiento Chicano de los 50s and 60s, the university universities opened up, the college opened up, the institutions opened up, the government opened up, the media opened up. As much as we could, you know, open the doors. And a lot of people filter through. Many of us did este, to a certain degree. And that's why we have people with college degrees, you know, right. and, and and people in government, you know, and uh, stay with, with good jobs. Uh, so but so let's let's not talk about. Um uh, the I mean let's recognize the Chicano movement push, but also let's let's use that as a as a model for the entire community to do that now with one cousin. Let me piggyback
4: on that. You know, um, I, I wanna I want you to to um, understand my comments that we have progressed because of our activism. We created um, uh, uh, the opportunities for the current uh, young people who are, who are earning their degrees and becoming part of the American mainstream and who to some degree identify with where they came from. And that's important. And that progress has to be measured. The, the fact that, that 71% of our, of our U.S. population uh, speak English and function in English, that only about 20% or so um, are totally dependent on Spanish. Um, our population is very much engaged in assimilation. One generation passes, 50% of the language is lost. The culture's still there. Two generations pass and 25% more of, of the, of the um, recognition of language skills in, in, in the native language are lost. So these, these young people are, are being besieged with the influence of, of assimilation to the degree that they really don't totally identify with what la causa is or what, with what activism is. And they need leadership in that respect. We need to have a national agenda. We need to, right. to focus in on what it is it, that it means for us in modern days to, to be activists and be, uh, be oriented toward uh, uh, the progress of our people. If you want to identify our people, as, as, uh, as the Hispanic umbrella, then we need to make sure that we are providing that kind of um, insertion into, into uh, the national uh, agenda or, or national uh, dialogue about our issues. So we need to know what our issues are. If we could choose five issues, voter registration, uh, voter participation, and anti-voter uh, suppression, and affiliation with parties that that represent our interest, you know, Republicans are reaching out to Hispanics, Democrats are reaching out to Hispanics, but none of them are spending big money with our with our exactly. media, with with uh, indigenous, um, uh, Chicano, Hispanic, Latino uh, media. They're not spending the money with us, no. and so somehow we have to forge out a living in this uh, imbalance of of the lack of resources. And our wantingness to advance these issues without offending people.
0: You know, can I add that to Dr. Flores? Yes, sir. You hit the nail right on the head, como dicen los güeros, no? That's a true fact. When you got a, a, a Chicano movement moving forward, especially Latinos in the media, and you go to the campaigns, when the, before the elections, todos están llamando, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, put me a I'm doing all this free stuff. Y vienen las elecciones. I mean, they're talking about Senator Reyes has six million dollars. You go in there with a little little proposal, 30, 40,0. Ah, no, 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 me no, 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 dinero. No, 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 I just saw you got six million bucks. The problem we see there, Carnal, is that the Chicanos or Latinos, whatever you call them, they're, they're inside those campaigns, they don't have what it takes to make that move. Right. If I was in that campaign adentro next to the canvas, you know what, you want to win. You better really, really put some money in the latino. If you got 6 million, give me at least 1 million to start. I said, we'll increase voter registration. We'll do everything. It would be like the good old days. But no quieren. Y, 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 si no les pagas ahora, nobody has to go work like we didn't, we didn't get paid to be a volunteer. But when ley take 1055, whatever they call it, 15 bucks an hour or no trabajo. Don't ask me to go knock doors. So, se eso, so but, but with technology you now that we, we can replace that but we still need the funding and the campaigns are not doing it because mm-hmm. Latinos who are inside are blocking us from, from getting some of the real money. Look at the Latinos in the Republican Party in Washington. I mean, not one dollar. You have to talk about Latinos. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's build the empowerment. You want Latinos to go to the party? Give me an agenda. Give me a platform that we can deal with and let's go after it. But give me some money to go make it work. That's what they don't do. But this is It goes back to the, the national agenda. We need to figure out somebody's got to go knock on those doors. See el voto latino, mochate, or get out of my way. We'll find another candidate that we can work with. If somebody can do that, eventually the national. national leader, they don't have it. I mean, ya me lo probaron por muchos muchos 20 years gone by. They ain't doing nothing in Washington. National Council La Raza, without due respect to the beautiful organization that comenzó Raúl and the Southwest yeah. uh, Grupo. I mean, there's not there no more. The board members are not there no more. They're all like a ribbon cutters now. Y diles que una revolución? Oh, I'm sorry. Coca-Cola will get mad. No, 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 no. No me metas en eso. Entonces, dónde está la causa? This is what we need to you're yeah. hitting it right. You're absolutely right. We can change it. We do like have Latinos who are millionaires. We got to knock on their door. You got what you're at because we helped you know, 30 years ago. Now it's time to get the next generation going. We can do it if we just have the right agenda, or the right group to make it work. is depressing, to be honest with you.
5: We talk about numbers sometimes, you know, and, and um, supposedly Texas, the, the majority of the population right now is. Mexicans, you know, the, according to census figures, you know, we're the majority in Texas now, and and but but I had to go back to, not, not quant, quantity is important, but quality is more important, you know.
0: Yeah, you
3: may, Julio, yeah. if I can, I'm just reminded of something that the late Willie Velasquez says that mm-hmm. it's not, it wasn't so important to have a latino in office or in this position etc it's what kind of latinos Thank he you would say Thank what you. kind of mexicanos are we electing you know mm-hmm. because and and, yeah. and and so it's 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 not just numbers it's not just quantity como
5: dice julio it's mm-hmm. it's quality yeah it's quality yeah we I spent uh, many many years in the midwest and um, and people used to talk about California, but to look at Colorado, look at Texas, you know, I But then you go to Texas, and, and there's really much going on in some parts of Texas or California. I don't, what's your experience, Alicia, being, being from Austin? Well, from, uh, from Austin, we have a
1: very healthy. And uh, what they call they call us leftist radicals, but of course, you know they, they we're almost communists and this and that. They're the ones that are, that are like that. They're the ones that are authoritarian, not us. Um, so we have a very healthy uh, Latino community in Austin. Um, es, uh, todos, nos conocemos mucho, and like I said, there is people that have been here for generations, Tejanos, you know. There's antes that um, uh, that it was part of the United States, and then we also have uh, uh, the, uh, the immigrants. So um, we have a, a mix, and I think that uh, not letting people forget, especially those that are very comfortable, uh, that at one time uh, they were at the bottom of the of the totem pole mm-hmm. too. And uh, it you know it takes generations almost to uh, to uh, grow up, but I think we need to include uh, them. Porque, pues, como dice Miguel, también son de los que tienen la lana. And uh, they need to give back to the community. And we need to require um, not only the Democrats and the Republicans, uh, both. Uh, the Republican Party, I don't know, right now it's kind of lost. Uh, but certainly uh, the, the Democrats not to forget us and we need to, 22 and 24, very important years, very important years uh, for us and for our rights uh, as Americans. And so we are gonna need to have have a big push to uh, register and to get the vote out next year uh, so that we maintain the house and maybe we can win the the Senate. And then the year after, para que no nos regresen a ese loco, I'm sorry, loco de, de Trump. Mm-hmm. That, that, I that, have that, a question
3: that. for Alicia. Sorry, do you want to go for uh, first Miguel?
0: No, no, go ahead, go ahead.
3: I just had a quick question for Alicia, since she's from Austin. And, and um, there's a young woman, a Latina public radio person, Joy Diaz, and she's running for for governor with no backing from either party. She says. Why do why do you know Latinos have to wait to get you know tapped here? I'm I have something to say. I think I have something to contribute. I want to go for it. I yes. wonder what you thought about that, uh,
1: Alicia. I I think that that's courageous of her. Porque no I, you know no ahorita no, ni en el Democrat Party ni en el, Repo- ni el Republican Party we don't have the um, uh, representation. You know, in the Republican Party, we have uh, um, el hijo de uh, del gobernador de Bush. We have him um, here, and uh, but he's you know he's totally assimilated. And uh, for as as bad as Trump was to his family, um, I don't see a whole lot of Latino in el un orgullo verdad que tiene. No no parece porque este he's uh, treated Trump very very well. And so, for me, that you know, that's a, not a good sign. And on the Democrats, we also don't have uh, the representation uh, that we would uh, we would like. So I think that diaz doing that um, it, at least shows that we're alive and well. Uh, that there is someone that wants to, that is willing to go to the forefront. Uh, It's like Miguel said, en un tiempo tuvimos a Reyes Tijerina, tuvimos a Cesar Chavez, tuvimos a Corky González, tuvimos a uh, uh, Willy Velázquez, tuvimos a Ramsey Muñiz, tuvimos a muchos en esa esa temporada. So we have to, again, you know, go out and and look who's going to be the next generation of, of Reyes Tijerina. Unos, Unos muy radicales, otros más como Dr. Hector Garcia, more you know, American, but you need that radical uh piece of it because I don't think that Martin Luther King could have gone as far if it had not uh been for Malcolm X. You know, right. it has to be a little bit of, mm-hmm. of that, you know, to bring people more to the middle. And we need that in, in uh in our community.
5: You know, the the uh, the issue of community, you know, is is so important because. Everyone has, has their own definition. Uh, but let me just say in public that that Chicanos do not discriminate. Chicanos have an open door. Chicanos work with all Latinos, all raza, you know, uh, all, all the uh, issues of, uh, of, you know, uh, llama, inequality. And, and, and a good example is, is Elena in Detroit because Elena, you know, she's a pure hardcore Chicana but uh, she uh, she works with a lot of people from Central America, no? Uh, mucha raza de yo travé con ella and organization para immigrantes de America de America Central. You want to talk about that, Elena?
2: Yeah, um Centro Obrero. that um it got started um, right after the um the big march of two thousand six. Uh,
5: has that produced any power in El Barrio, Elena?
2: Um, well, it, you know, it actually um, doesn't exist in um, brick and mortar anymore, but um, a lot of the people got deported or left because you, you couldn't make a living here. If, you know, it got real bad here. And if you didn't have any way of supporting yourself, people went somewhere else. I spent a lot of time over the years. Central Belo became more Central Americans than Mexicans. And Mexicans fared a lot better than Central Americans. They were a lot less poor, a lot less.
5: Um, Maybe
2: oppressed by ICE and everybody else. Central Americans were really under siege, and many of them have returned, and some have come back. And so, I actually, because of social media, um, you know, we can keep up with people now. The way before in the in the old days of our families, when somebody got deported, you just lost track of them. But um, so, but now that we're able to keep in touch with people, and I get calls from people in Guatemala asking for the whereabouts of somebody or if I can help sponsor somebody. These are people that, that from the mountains that can call on my phone and get in touch with. And to me, it's amazing to be able to. Um, make the network happen so that we can track somebody down who's in a detention, a child who's been been missing. We're in much better shape in that way. But um, there are many people from Guatemala here who who don't even speak Spanish, like people who speak their indigenous languages. And so there's a whole um, realm of people who very much live under the radar completely live under the radar, who also um, don't wanna get vaccinated and um, don't wanna um, present themselves in the light of day because of the, um, fear. the fear of being, of being detained because there's so much at stake, so much more at stake if you're Central American than if you were Mexican. You mm-hmm. owe so much more money, you had so much further to go. So I've learned the distinction over these years that because um, we, really, we didn't really know that many Central Americans all the way here on the Northern border. We're right on the border of Canada here. I can see the bridge out my window. So I think for Central Americans, I can't say that the situation is improving for them, um, but um, for Mexicans it has. I think for Mexicans, it's been a lot easier, but for um, the poverty and the, um, the level of fear of um, deportation and people also not being treated fairly at work is a, ma- is a major um, issue still with. And so when I say Centro Obrero still does exist but it's kind of out of a little office at La Sede where I volunteer. Sometimes people will track me down. There's another group of people. We did it on a completely voluntary basis because the nonprofits and the ones that fund you um, ask for information that we wouldn't give. So um, we were able to just work out of our own, um, out of our own personal resources, which are not, we're not rich people, but but we always add another cup of water to the soup we're always able to, um, let's say um, a, a lot of what I do is to go to Chicago with people for the consulate because we don't have a um, Guatemalan consulate here. We don't have the Salvadoran consulate here in yeah. Detroit. We should have one, but we don't. So the the um, kind of work that we're doing, Julio, I would say that I do a lot of it on a very individual basis and it's very but much the, under the, the beauty.
5: The beauty of uh, uh, Centro Verero and organizations like that across the country is is the development of social capital? Yes. You know that we don't do it for individuals, but do it for the entire community. Having said that, you know we only have about six minutes left. Can we go around and come up with a, an agenda or a plan or a mensaje para la gente que nos está escuchando, Maria?
3: Did you say me? Oh, well,
2: Maria, uh huh. Yeah.
3: And I'll, I'll let Elena go first.
2: Um, You know, I think that like the like the Chicano studies professor told me, we're in a different time. now. (laughs) We're definitely in a different moment politically. And there are also there's layers and layers of um, people that come every decade who have different experiences, who come from different places in the global south. So we don't have a monolithic political agenda. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of Mexicans, Chicanos, Mexicanos, Latinx, whatever you want to call them, that voted for Trump because they were told to from the pulpit. This is something that has to be addressed. Like you're going to you're going to go to hell if you're not willing to send your neighbor to hell. Mm -hmm. Basically, this is what what we're hearing. So I know that there's a lot of discussion around this in the community, but it's a real thing. The Catholic church still has a thumb on the, on the community. That's one thing. Um, the other thing, and then there's the Pentecostals who don't vote at all because they're um, warned against voting. So there's religion is, is the bane of our existence in political life in order to be able to advance. So I think um, coming up with the political, um, we, we should put out a call. We should definitely, and I saw that somebody on the chat said, let's have a symposium, we should put out a call at the moment that we can meet face to face in real life, maybe it is someplace in the Midwest, maybe we'll have some way of addressing and seeing each other. Cause I do think that part of it is not being able to actually talk to each other. We've got faces. a couple
5: of minutes left. So who's next? I
2: know, but I, I would recommend that we um, put out some kind of a communication so that we can talk to each other. Cause I didn't even know there was anybody running for governor in Texas. So some, something like that, you know, raise it up and, and put out a call and see, see how far we can get, Thank starting you. now.
0: Well, I want to give my minute before we all have to go. I, I agree with, with, uh, with everybody. Uh, Dr. Flores, I think you, you're right about the idea about a national uh, agenda. Mm-hmm. Este, otra vez de nuevo. Uh, I think we have the facilities to do it. We have the internet on our side. And I think there's a lot of money out there available también because we just got to figure out how to get it to, to make it work. So my, my, my thing is, is that if we can set up some kind of uh, 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 <speaking in Spanish> a program, mi causa es tu causa, una campaña que le quiera attract other people. El hermano inmigrante depende de los chicanos to make it happen. That's the only way they're going to move this. The people we have right now, they're not really pushing it. We need to start pushing our agenda para carajos que we elected, they hear us. They're not hearing us. We need to create... El hermano que maneja ahorita todos sus todo esto. He'd be perfect for this, especially with the bandera de Chávez atrás. Listen, I think Mi Tucaso Casa could be a, a platform that we can start building on and eventually grow from there. And I what I would go,
3: say, oh, what <laughs> I would say, Miguel, is that la unión está la fuerza and solidaridad support one another. Everybody. No, no. When, you, when you hear Latino... Report uh, on on a channel, you know, and it's great. Write write to, to, to them, no you know. Problem. Support yes. one another. Yes. 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 Dr. Flores, Dr. Yes. Yes. Flores. Yes.
4: yes. Yeah. I think I think that um, one we need to put agenda on our agenda is education, e- equity in education for for Chicano Latinos, uh, Hispanics is for me number one. Number two, I think we need to address the exploitation of immigrants. I think that um, unfortunately, many immigration attorneys have taken advantage of them. Yeah. They're paying anywhere from 15000 to 25000 yes. just to walk them through an immigration court for voluntary deportation. I think that's outrageous. We yeah. need to challenge our, our, our uh, local attorneys that are doing immigration and make sure that they're uh, that they're helping to stop the exploitation. And then and we uh, need to yeah.
3: hear from Alicia. Oh, wait, go
4: we Sorry. need to Great. hear from
3: Alicia. Yeah.
1: Well, for me, things have changed, but what has stayed the same is that we live in a beautiful democracy and we need to maintain it And the way, the only way we're gonna do that and raise our voices too, is to raise our votes. And that's what they listen to, okay? They all want their job again and again and again and again. They wanna be there 30, 40 years. So if they don't fear us because we vote, then they're not going to move. So I—that's my message. Get out and register and vote. Para que los nos tengan miedo. Correct. All right. Good.
5: Thank you very much, Alicia. Is, Thank you. Is your, is Thank your you. Uh, Thank you. is your exit, Alicia?
1: Yes, thank you. Okay, I want to thank each of our guests uh, that are with us today. Uh, a very intelligent and um, knowing, and I'm very, very impressed with uh, with each of you. Y que todavía tienen el corazón la causa. Eso lo bonito. Eso lo bonito. I want to uh, say. Uh, Thank you for everyone that has joined us in this webinar from Mexicanos 2070. We have webinars every month. In January, we have another one, the third Thursday of the month. And uh, I'd like to thank Julio for bringing this uh, uh, very uh, stellar um, panel together uh, and with us. And Julio, gracias, do you have last passwords?
5: Thank you, Alicia. We have uh, scheduled uh, a, a, a January webinar. Um, about the GI Forum, the, the revival of the GI Forum. Mm-hmm. So um, stay tuned for, for that webinar. Okay. Thank
1: you. Gracias, and de parte de su amiga Alicia y de parte de Mexicanos Twenty Seventy, nos vemos en enero. Chao. Gracias.
4: Feliz Navidad a todos. This is the reality dysfunction.